It's middle August, the dog days of summer. Are the Mets and the Yankees seasons about to be a bummer? Are we about to see both teams go into a tailspin? Do either team have the guts and have the nerve to want to win? You're listening to Downtown Sports. I am the Beast of the East, Jonathan Pariente, along with my co-host, the Mouth of the South, John Schiavone. This is Downtown Sports, and this is where sports come home. And boy, things are not good in the world of the Mets and the Yankees right now. Uh, yeah, we were going to start off with the top 10, but oh you, you know what? We can't. It, we can't. How we can can't. we do that? No, because I had to watch the product my Yankees put on that field last night. In fact, I was at Dave and Buster's the other night briefly watching the Yankees game while I was having fun and having a drink or two and just trying to soil my troubles away from a rough week. You know what I mean? Mm. Okay, I watched the Yankees game. They're down one nothing. I'm like, okay, Yanks are not losing by bad. They should come back. Right. And then I uh, look at the game a little bit more. I see it's the seventh inning. Yanks are still down one nothing. Yep. And then the ninth inning comes along. Yanks are still down one nothing. And then they end up losing the game 4 nothing. Now, why do I bring that up? Because the other night, the Yankees were shot out 3 nothing by Boston. And finally, last night, the Yankees finally did put a run on the board. Mind you, it was by uh, an error, not even by a base hit, not even by a sacrifice fly. No, no. It was just by a fielding mistake. And otherwise, the Yankees will have gone about, would have gone maybe 30-something innings without scoring a run. At that point, they went 23 innings without a run. You know, the Yankees as a team right now during their current skid are batting a buck 60 right now as a team. You know, their slugging percentage is 228. And you know, they're on base percentage is about 220 as well. I, I hope you guys are keeping note of that. Uh, Yanks are 8 and 17 since the All Star break. Terrible. Yanks only have two wins since the trade deadline. Isn't that alarming? If that doesn't set alarm bells ringing, I don't know what will. Oh, I, and, and, and finally, and finally tonight, the Yanks are finally going to call up a couple of their prospects from AAA. About oh, freaking the prospects, time. the prospects. Yeah, now we're going to see all of the reasons why you didn't trade for Luis Castillo. Come yeah. up here and fail. Yeah. Well, That's great. That's well, great. Bringing them up before they're ready. Like, <laughs> Well, and then uh, the Yankees will DL. Clay Holmes, he's going on the injured list with a back injury, so he's out of action. Ron Marinaccio, though, will be brought back up, so Marinaccio is going to rejoin the Yankees' bullpen. I don't know why he was ever sent down in the first place. But these are only just... This is only going to mask a few problems right now. Problems are still... The problems are still in front of the Yankees right now. This team's not hitting. This team is not capitalizing with... Last night, in particular, the Yankees had so many balls, they could have squared up they had fastballs squared up. They had mm-hmm. they had missed breaking balls squared up. That should be home runs. And when the whole team is not hitting and they're missing these pitches, that just goes to show you the struggles and the, the problems this team is having. Heck, Anthony Rizzo couldn't even buy a hit batter. Couldn't even buy being on base, being hit with a pitch. The umpire told him he leaned into the pitch and had to, and had to continue his at-bat, and he ended up striking out later on. Yeah. That's you know, how bad things are going in Yankee you know, land right now. You know, really you know. Bad. There were two players that I said you guys needed at the trade deadline. Yep. Number one was Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. Number two was Luis Castillo. What did you get instead? We got Frankie Montas. And Andrew Benatendi. Benatendi. Benatendi was that's not it. a... 
Well, Benintendi at the time wasn't a terrible choice. He's a good hitter, Benintendi. No, he's not a terrible choice, but he's not a home run threat. And here's the problem. If you don't have Stanton in the lineup, Judge sees no good pitches. If you don't have Judge in the lineup, Stanton sees no good pitches. LeMayu's hurt, and they're keeping him up on the roster for what reason? I don't know. He should have been put on the injured list already with that injured toe. He shut down. You you literally are going in with a three-man bench. Because Brian Cashman don't want to put LeMahieu on the injured yeah. list. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Hicks, who's hitting five for his last 53. And he, uh, I don't even want to get me, don't even get me started with Aaron Hicks no. right now. I, yeah, I can't I'm even not, like, I'm just. Every no. Yankee fan is so upset about Aaron Hicks. Don't be upset about Aaron Hicks. It's not Aaron Hicks's fault. He's not hitting. Blame incompetent management. Yeah. Blame why did incompetent we, why did we sign him to a seven-year contract? Why did we lock million. up to that deal? Well, because he was supposed to be a star, and ten yeah. million a year for a star is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, Although ten million a year for a defensive glove guy that you start every once in a while, which is what I would view Aaron Hicks as, is not a bad deal. Don't blame Aaron Hicks yeah. for not performing well. And then blame he gets hurt. Brian and then he gets Cashman. hurt. Yep. Yeah, blame Cashman. Yeah, not blame, blame Cashman. Cashman. Yeah, blame Cashman if for he is not Matt gone, Carpenter to not if, get hurt. If he blame, is not gone, blame Cashman for not getting Soto. That was the guy you needed, and San Diego got him and Bell for nothing. Yeah, nothing, Padres, and yet not really paying dividends for the Padres right now. Now is it? And to add to the fun. Now they lose Fernando Tatis Jr. for 80 games because of uh, performance-enhancing drugs. You think uh, they might have had a clue about that before it happened? Well, Maybe knows? that's why that deal got you know, made. You know, uh, Tatis Jr. now they say has been showing remorse for for taking PEDs there and, you right. know, and costing, him, costing his team and costing himself the rest I of the year. I thought he had Remember when he said he had worms and uh, or parasite or something, and it was a medicine for parasites. Oh, what is he taking horse dewormer now? Oh, please no, 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 no. But I thought that was like the first statement he made about like the uh, thing he said he was taking a medicine for parasites or something, and it ended up being a banned substance. Yeah, well, he didn't know. Well, yeah. Well, that was what we first heard. I don't know if he's showing remorse now, well, but that doesn't necessarily matter. What matters here is yes. Juan Soto should have been a Yankee. Should have not. Mm-hmm. Should have. Um, there's quite a bunch of other players you could have went out and got too. Oh, uh, there were a lot of people we could have got. We could have gotten Max Scherzer when the season began. That would have been a good start. Yeah, that would have been. Uh, could have gotten Chris Bryant. That would have been a nice upgrade at third base. Nice. We didn't yeah, get Chris Bryant. We didn't get Chris Bryant. Hell, I would have loved that. Yeah, we didn't get him. Uh, Corey Seager was out there. We could have gotten him, too. Instead, he signed a boatload of money with Texas, and right now Texas is going nowhere. And they've uh, not only just fired Woodward, they fired they fired their president of baseball operations today and Mr. Daniels. He's out the door. So they have fired their president, and now they fired their manager. Things are going so well in Texas right now if you're a Rangers fan, isn't it? Yeah, well. That's in its own story. But then, you had, yeah, again, then other pieces were out there. You could have. You know, maybe uh, you know Bogarts is looking at free agency. Maybe you get Xander Bogarts, perhaps. Maybe Rafael Devers you could have locked up if he uh, didn't want to come back. 
But as long as Brian Cashman is calling the shots on this Yankee team, is he going to go for the high-priced player or is he going to go for the bargain basement? By the way, I don't want to hear anyone in the sports world say, oh, they're repeating what everybody else says. No, all of you are repeating what we have said for a very, very, very long time. We have the air checks to prove it. I mean, you want to hear the air checks come at us because we have them. Yeah, we could get them real simply. And we've been saying this about Cashman for a while now. Yeah. And and ever since we started this podcast, we've wanted him out. This person is not trustworthy with the Yankee checkbook. I guarantee you if a new GM Mm -hmm. came to the Yankees, they'd let them open the book yeah they don't trust cashman with the book and look what he does yeah look what he does he leaves your starting rotation built on sticks and like glue right yeah (laughs) like there's no solid foundation to it you have garrett cole who uh will give up four runs in the first inning and then pitch seven more shutout innings. Yep. He'll go eight innings, but he's going to give up like three or four runs. That's who you got. That's I, 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 I want to bring up a stat here with the Yankees right now. And this is this is alarming to me right now because I want people to read this. This is the Yankees' record over the span of 117 games. All right? First 84 games, Yankees were 61-23. and 23. They were 17-8 and eight in one-run games, and they had a 295 ERA. Now let's fast forward to the last 33 games. Yankees are 11 and 22 in their last 33 games. They have gone 5 and 10 in one run games, and their ERA is now 4.16. See what happens when you rely on Luis Severino to be your defense. And you see what happens when you mess with the chemistry that was making this team successful the first half. And now all of a sudden, now you hear some Yankee fans saying, well, maybe we shouldn't have gotten rid of Joey Gallo. Maybe Joey Gallo was not the problem. Maybe it wasn't, uh, you know, maybe we shouldn't have uh, sent Marinaccio back down. Maybe we should have not gotten Benintendi. Who the, yeah. It's amazing how quickly the Maybe we did. shouldn't have, um, I don't know, traded away the one starter that was actually durable. Like Jordan Montgomery, perhaps, yeah. Yeah, to Domingo Herman is an injury waiting to happen, too. And he Montgomery had one injury. He wasn't often injured. Well, he lost the season with Tommy John. That that did cost him a whole season, the Tommy John yeah, surgery. Did. I mean, but, but no, yeah, he didn't have any significant other injuries besides that. You're, no, you're correct. Not really. About that. Not correct really. About Maybe that. he'd pop up on the IL for like a week or two, and that's about it. Yeah. Well, right now, I don't care that the Yankees have a ten a, a, a ten game lead right now. I don't care that they have a nine, ten game lead at this point. They need to start waking up. Their offense is in a tailspin. You have teams behind them that are catching them. The Rays and the Jays are coming up next for the Yanks right now. These are both teams that are going to take games off from the Yankees before they win. Aren't they about to be swept by the Rays? If they don't win tonight, they will be swept by the Rays. The Yankees have lost five consecutive series. You know when the last time was that happened that they lost that many series in a row? This is going to be a shocking number. I'm going to tell you this right now. 2005 was the last time this team lost five straight series over 15 years ago. And here we are reliving that nightmare again. And everyone kept saying, oh, no, Montas, that's the great pickup. No, they got a great deal in Montas. They, oh, they got rid of the 
how do you trade a starting pitcher for yeah. a guy in a walking boot? Yeah. If that I swear Harrison Bader better hit 750 with 30 home runs by the time he comes back. Yeah. That's if he comes back this year. Who knows if he'll be back this year? We don't know. I don't even know if he will be. I don't even know if Brian Cash. I I would hope Brian Cashman doesn't even have a job next year. I hope yeah, Brian Cashman's yeah. not here next year. I'm sorry. Yeah, watch. He's going to retire. I can't wait till he quote unquote retires. Yeah. What a bunch no. of crap. They're going to have like a tribute video to him next year. The tribute should be someone taking a poo. Well, that should well, be the tribute for Brian Cashman because that's what he's done for the Yankee organization since the year 2000. Well, he has spent 22 years taking a poop on the Yankee legacy. I'm not even kidding. Well, well, now, while Mr. Cashman is going to have to answer for his faux pas, let's go over to the other team in New York. And uh, look, the Mets right now are in a good shape. The Mets are still in pretty decent shape. No, they're not. But you know what's you know, what's really messed up? Yeah. What? A lot of the teams in your division were supposed to be actually threatening to the Yankees. And they're not right now. The Blue Jays can't get on a winning streak. The Orioles are the Orioles started way behind. Meanwhile, the Mets, by all rights at this point, up until the last two days, have been the best team in baseball. But now some but now the Mets are going to have some gut checks coming their way. But wait, 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 what? Isn't it funny how the Mets play in a supposed weaker division than the Yankees? That a lot of people would say the NL East is one of the weakest divisions in baseball. Um, yeah. Not anymore. Let me just say that straight up. The Mets have a better record than the Yankees, and yet they're in more danger of losing first place. Yeah. Which makes why? me wonder what what is going on with the We've been waiting for the rest of the AL East to wake up and do something, and it's like they're fast asleep. Yeah, well, they're, let's see. I don't understand how the Yankees, by the way, are still up double digits after because, this. Because thankfully, that means everybody else underneath them just is still playing not good baseball. Well, We're all so focused on what the Yankees are doing. The Blue Jays haven't caught up, have they? Nope. The Rays nope, they haven't can't caught take up, advantage. have they? Nope. And even of late, they're under 500. And even of late, that looks good is Baltimore. And even of late with the Yankees skid, they're still only two and a half back of Houston. Houston, Houston had like three, four games already. In fact, Houston had two games last night that they should have won against the White Sox and they let it get away from them late. So you guys are pushing the panic button and rightfully so you should. Because at the end of the day, it's the Yankees and you guys have been in October every year since 2017. And. It's expected of you to make the postseason. Now, we move to the team that really should be pressing the panic button, and no one is doing it. And I'll tell no. you why. Well, here's the deal with the Mets right now. For let me for, tell you why. Are, let me yeah, tell please, you why. Please. Very quickly. Forget the injuries. I know you're going to bring those up. I won't touch those. I promise. Okay. What I'm going to touch is this. Mm-hmm. Explain to me how the Mets have been on the best run, legitimately that. They've been on all year long, Mm -hmm. vaulted themselves. I think MLB power rankings has them as the second best team in the game. And yet right now, and yet they are in danger of losing the division. Yeah. 
because Atlanta has been able to catch up and play with the Mets every step of the way. 15-game winning streak during the season also kind of helped things along for them a little bit and helped them uh, stay in the race with the Mets and not let the Mets run away with it. Even though the Mets took that series four out of five from them last week, you thought that was going to be the death nail in Atlanta. It's not. And here come the but here the Braves come. Well, I mean, tonight and tomorrow are I in my opinion, the two most important games the Mets have had to play all season long so far. You think this is the Mets season on the line? You think that's the Mets season on the line? It might be the division. Because if the Braves sweep the Mets out, then they're only two and a half out. Yes. And four and a half. Right now the lead's down to four and a half. That means they end their season series with the Mets pretty much even with them. Well, right now, as of right now, the Mets lead the season series 8-6. So five more meetings remain. Five more meetings remain with Atlanta tonight and tomorrow and then a three-game series, which the Mets will have the luxury of host. Well, the Mets will be in Atlanta. And I think the division is going to come there. If Here's the thing. If the Mets can win these two games and get back to six and a half up, mm-hmm. I think they got the division in the bag. If they lose one of these two games... I think it's still a problem because that means the Braves will have gotten to either DeGrom or Scherzer. And here's going to make things a little more challenging for the Mets. And this is bad news. If you're a Mets fan, the Braves are getting more of their reinforcements back. Mike Soroka has started a rehab assignment. Uh Oh, and he pitched a, a dominant eight strikeouts and had a scoreless outing the other night. And he's Ozzy Albies. Ozzy Albies has started is in a rehab assignment of his own right now. So wait till Albies and wait till Soroka join the Braves at this stage of the season. You thought they were dangerous now. I called the Braves to win this division for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's not because the Mets aren't good. It's not because the Mets won't even beat them in the postseason. I'm not saying that. Nope. I'm just saying I think Atlanta has a squad that's built to win in the regular year. They are built for 162. They're not built for seven game series. They're built for 162. Well, they were built. Well, they, despite not being exactly built last year, they won it all last year, even without Acuna in the lineup. They won without Acuna last year. And now they're going to get. So basically, what you're telling me is before that last three game series of the year, the Braves are going to be at full strength. Yes. And the Mets, well, this is the part where you come in with all of the maladies that have taken place with this team. The injuries, it, look, I know the injuries are going to, I could speak for them. And look, these were significant injuries. Carrasco's on the IL now with an oblique strain. He's going to be out at least a month. That's a problem. Taiwan Walker had to leave the game last night with a back with back spasms. That usually can equal an IL stint if you're not careful with back spasms. You don't have Tomas Nito in the lineup. He's out. You don't have Guillaume in the lineup. He's on the IL. The injuries are starting to pile up now. Carrasco, 15 days. John Curtis, 60 day. Um, Tyler McGill is still Tyler gone. McGill is still not that. Yeah, he won't be back till at least September. And when he does come back, he's going to be out of the bullpen. He's not starting. He's no, at this point, that might not be true anymore. Uh, he might have to be. He might have to. Yeah, you can't he might build, have to come You back. can't build him back this quickly to go to the rotation. There's no time. He's going to have to come back in the bullpen. That's how you bring McGill back. I can't no, see him starting. Well, then who are they going to put up there? You have Trevor Williams and you have uh, David Peterson. Yeah, Peterson's fine. Trevor Williams, no. Trevor Williams can give you about five, six innings. He, he's a capable starting pitcher. I mean, he's a capable pitcher. 
Is he capable enough, though? I mean, I, I don't well, know. Right now, I don't know if he's capable well, right enough now, for the dog days of September. Right now, this is the Mets. This, right now, this is where the Mets pitching staff will be will be tested, and this is where Steve Cohen's moves that he made that maybe people weren't talking about at the time now they're going to mean something now, because you know now maybe you're wondering, well, why did the Mets have like seven, eight starting pitchers? Well, now you see why. Yeah, you didn't have Degrom for the first half of the year, so you had to piece it together with some guys from your farm, maybe have Peterson fill a spot, maybe have Trevor Williams fill a spot here and there, maybe you have to bullpen a game here and there. You know what's really funny about all that, though? Yeah. The Mets' current general manager, Bill Yepler, right? Yes. He came pretty much from the Cashman tree, right? He was. He was a Cashman guy. Yes, he was. So why is it that Epler Mm -hmm. knows to bolster a starting rotation and Cashman takes away from it. You see, Brian Cashman ever since the 2010s, mid-2010s, has had this obsession with the bullpen. He, like, drools over bullpen arms and he doesn't give a damn about starters because his little notebook says that, you know, all the starter needs to do is give you five innings and you should have multiple arms out of the bullpen mm. to take care of the rest of the game. Well, and that's what the analytics say, because then nobody should have a third time through the lineup. But what they're not thinking about is this. Here's what the Yankees aren't thinking about. And the Mets did, which is why in this situation, the Mets are in a better position than the Yankees in a couple of circumstances, but they're in a worse position because, unfortunately, the Braves are doing what they are supposed to do, and they take advantage of every misstep the Mets make. Well, other teams in the AL East aren't doing it, but the mistake that Cashman made is this, and he keeps making is this, and all these people that rely on bullpenning games. Mm -hmm. Where in the analytics book does it say that if you spam pitchers every single day that their numbers are going to get worse also your entire bullpen is going to end up being seen by other teams there will be a lot more tape on each of your bullpen they'll guys they'll be adjusting to it they'll be adjusting exactly. to the bullpen adjust to it. yeah yeah that's right and true. then on top of that you're burning out four or five guys every night thank you thank you and you know it's kind of sad with the you know it's kind of sad that with, i don't get it What's kind of sad with the Yankees, at least right now, I'll go back to them very quick. During the skid, their pitchers have act their starting pitching and it's actually gotten better. You know, you got a quality start out of Tyone, you got a quality start out of Cortez, you got a quality start out of Cole, and yet no runs to show for it. So you wasted three very good starts out of your main guys. That could have been victories for you. The Yankees aren't hitting. Yeah, not hitting. And this you know, is what last happens two games, when you have a home run or nothing approach. Yeah. And over the last two games, the Mets have not been hitting either. Mets have been held to one run in two games, including getting blown out 13-1. to one. And they got shut out 5 nothing last night. Yeah. And um, you have to start worrying if the offense is starting to come down to earth a little bit. I'm getting worried about the offense if I'm the Mets right now. You know, I'm going to check on something really quickly. Please. Remember how I said, now keep going with this. Remember yeah. how I said Volgebach, Um, I think the Mets offense would dip if he starts dipping? We're gonna now find out about dip. that real. Yeah, quick. We're gonna find out. out about that real quick because that's not something I really took a look at. 
Yeah. Um, because he's considered one of the top ten hitters in the league this week or something. Well, like yeah, that. he's a big, you know, he's a big, blocky, beefy guy. You know, good power there. And we talked about how Pete Alonso needed protection in the lineup. Yeah, maybe Vogelback would Finally. provide that protection. Well, the Mets are going to do this tonight as well, maybe as a way of sparking the team. Mets are going to be calling up their top prospect tonight. Brett Beatty is making his Met debut tonight. Uh oh. Yes. And Brett Beatty I, will be here. Hold on. And I just saw the problem in wow. Volgaback's last seven games 23 at bats, mm-hmm. five hits, one home run, five RBIs, mm-hmm. one walk, eight strikeouts, 217 batting average. 250 on base percentage, 435 slugging. His OPS is low 700. Yep. Anybody want to find out where the offense went? I'll tell you where. Volgebach went down, went back down to earth. And now the whole offense went down to earth with him. Uh, it's kind of how it works when you finally get protection for somebody. Well, but you never know, but you never know. This could be a little bit of a setback, but, you know, understand this guy only has 15 home runs in the year. Well, now we're going to see, and I've just talked about it. Brett Beatty's coming up tonight. Will he help maybe fill that void and back to Beatty's a third baseman. So he will fill the role of Guillaume while he's out for six weeks. After all, what have the Mets been getting out of third base this year? Has uh, Eduardo Escobar done anything? Has nope. J.D. Davis done anything in third nope, base? Nope, 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 nope. So, Mr. Beatty is the number two prospect. Number two prospect in their Mets. Let's in, see what in, you in got. Baseball. Let's see is what Beatty he's got. Is Beatty going to be any good? I mean, we'll find out. Maybe he'll be a spark. Who knows? Yeah. Well, you got Scherzer going tonight against Odorizzi. Scherzer better give you a, a good outing tonight because you're going yeah, to need it to. or you're going to lose three out of, or you lose this series. The only play, the only thing I'm really concerned about, right? Here's yeah. the one thing I'm super concerned about. Yep. I want to know how Dominic Smith is doing in the minor leagues right now. Yeah. You know why? It can't because be if good. Bogaback keeps playing along these lines. They might need Dominic Smith back up here. You think Don? You think Dom Smith is going to bail the Mets out of trouble right now? He hasn't been hitting a lick in the majors this year. And you maybe, think he's going to save the Mets again? You think he's going to save your team? Maybe going down to the minors, give him that wake-up call he needs. It might have to. I mean, but honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Like, we gotta, I we, don't know. I don't know either. I don't know what the I don't know what the move is because if Volgaback does not work out, this offense loses a big bit of its punch, and then then you got to rely on. Uh, Sterling Marte again. You gotta you gotta try to finesse the DH spot, figure out a way to get other people into that spot. You know, the Mets needed another power hitter, and they got that they got that guy in Daniel Vogel back, basically thinking that Lindor and um Alonzo mm-hmm. would be enough of a reason for people to pitch to him. Well, right now. For Met Nation, you have you have a very difficult remaining month of August to play here. Not going to be easy. I'm telling you that now. 
The Mets are going to have to show the world here if they're going to lock up the East. We talked about how the East was on the line for the Mets. It's not been more on the line than I think this month than any month of the year. It's sad, though, and I'll tell you why it's sad. It's sad because the Yankees, who have played like pure and utter crap for the past month, month and a half legitimately, are in a much better postseason situation than a Met team who has literally catapulted themselves to being one of the top teams in the league. And even before they went on this stretch, they were still playing pretty darn well. Yeah. Um, it's just Atlanta was playing at the same level. Yeah. That's Atlanta all you can really stepped say. It up and they kept it up all season long. And now the Mets will have a series with Philly to look forward to next. That's going to be a four-game series. A doubleheader is also going to be thrown in there for Saturday. And then, of course, the Subway Series comes back with the Yankees. And then you close out the month of August against the Dodgers. Not going to be easy. That's a challenging couple of games there. That's a challenging remaining month of August. And the Mets are going to have to get themselves back up and get their pitching back on ta- on track again and look get this that last why you get another pay, run in them this is why you pay DeGrom and Scherzer this is why you have these two guys for situations where the rest of your rotation is patchwork you're putting guys that you don't know can really cut the mustard or not mm-hmm. none of that matters because you have DeGrom and then Scherzer going yeah. like that Thank that's you. that is but that's the kind of move that's the kind of thing a championship team does they have ace one and ace one a look at atlanta look at atlanta for proof mm-hmm. soroka freed yeah more importantly, what atlanta, more importantly what atlanta's doing right now is they're locking up all their talent for the next number of years that's another thing they just lock up mr harris for eight years so he's been locked up. So now he's locked up for eight years. You have Acuna locked up for a few more years. You have Freed locked up for a few more. You have the rest of your lineup locked up for at least three, four more years each. So the Braves are going to have this team together for at least the next five years. Yeah. And are going and they're going to continue over the next five years to be a threat in the National League East. They are. So to wrap all this up before we go to break, both yes. teams are in trouble. And this is their gut check. And the sad thing is one team is in less trouble than the other. And the team that's in less trouble deserves to be in a whole lot more trouble than they are. And the team that's in the most trouble has actually done nothing wrong except be one of the better teams in baseball over the past couple of months. My, how things work in Major League Baseball. The parody of it all. You can't predict baseball. You can't. It's a marathon. And ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter who owns them. The Mets are still the Mets. Everything happens to the Mets. The Mets could be playing the best baseball in their history. Another team will be two or three games behind them the whole damn way while the rest of the league sucks. Like, this is the luck of the New York Mets. really is. But you know what? The sad thing, I don't see the Yankees climbing out of this unless Aaron Judge 
starts hitting the like baseball. That. Yeah. And the only time that's going to happen is when Giancarlo Stanton comes back. But you could have avoided all this by trading for Juan Soto. Your starting rotation, even though it's been getting better. Still in shambles. It's still still in shambles. And you got a guy named Frankie Montas, who really hasn't produced much for you so far. Well, he's had two starts. He's had one bad and one decent start. That's been about it. Well, meanwhile, Luis Castillo's over in Seattle having great starts. Yeah. He could have been having those for you, but... Well, no, we will. We're going to talk about the rest of baseball on the other side. When we come back, we have our MLB top 10 back after this. You see them, Mr. Rango? All my friends and neighbors, it's a hard life here, very hard. Do you know how they make it through each and every day? They believe. They believe it's going to be better. They believe that the water will come. They believe against all odds and all evidence that tomorrow will be better than today. People have to believe in something. Right now, they believe in you. And we're back. It's Downtown Sports. I'm John Schiavone, Mouth of the South. I'm along with the Beast of the East, Jonathan Perriente. Good God, segment one just had me has me tired, has me uh, all screwed up in the head. Because it's really just kind of sad what's happening with both New York teams. The Mets get a whole boatload of injuries. Now they're down two of their better starters in Carrasco and McGill. Not just one. Now McGill ain't going to be starting. He'll probably go to the bullpen. Taiwan Walker out. Yeah, that's rough. Yep. The Yanks need Severino to come to the bull to come back and return to the bullpen, but now he can't because he actually sixty day IL. Yeah, it's it's rough. Start. It's rough in New York right now. Don't let the records fool you. The outside paint just looks pretty. Inside, it's a sham, guys. It's all a sham. It's rough. Well, it's not even that it's a sham. The Mets are still playing well. I'm sure they'll win the next two games with their two aces going. Unfortunately, the Yankees don't even have an ace. It's crazy. It's crazy. Let's talk about the top 10, which both teams should still be on. If they're not, I'd be shocked. But (laughs) Well, the way both teams have played, uh, they've definitely not... uh done great for themselves to be high on the top 10 they use some no, of them no. drop but let's read the top 10 i'm going to read it with you right now definitely a few changes I want to thank tony mainville and always for providing this top 10 for us as he always does let's start with the team that's number 10 and how ironic it's the tampa bay rays they're now number 10 on the top 10 they're in the first wild card spot at 62 and 53 and second in the american league east and suddenly, the this is what the Rays do. You, you, every time you think the Rays look like they're dead in the water, about four games ago, there were five games over, you thought they were done. Here the Rays come again. They just keep finding a way. What's the Rays record right now? 62 and 53. If the Mets were 62 and 53, they wouldn't be in the postseason at all. That should just show you the talent disparity between the National League and the American League. I warned everybody, you want to take away the DH from the National League? Wait till you see what we do when we have nine players hitting instead of eight. Yeah. 
well, it, it opens up, it opens things up for everybody. And, you know, the Rays have had to absorb a million injuries this year. Kiermaier lost, Glasnow lost. After rotation, Shane Boz hurt. Wander Franco is still hurt. And yet here the Rays are. With They're the like a factory. They They're like the keep, old 1920 Ford's factories. They, they just, just keep pump new cars out. out. They just keep pumping out One new arms. One player goes down, they players. got three to send up, all ready to go. Give credit to Kevin Cash and give credit to the Rays with the little payroll they have and that they're able to utilize what they have from their farm and having MLB-ready players to carry the team when they need them. It's it's really incredible, and it's worked. Don't count the Rays out. They're right there. They can – You all, they always play the Yanks hard. Don't think they can't make a run at that – maybe make another run at the East. They could do it. I'm, I'm a little worried right now. We'll see. Number nine on our top ten is the Seattle Mariners. All right, this is an interesting move. Mariners are second in the American League West, their second wild card spot. And I'll tell you what, in three starts that Luis Castillo has been a Mariner, 1 and 0 with a 2.18 RA. So three starts, two of them were against the Yanks. Castillo has been pretty much money. ERA just over 2. Julio Rodriguez, their top hitter's back in the lineup now. He's off the IL. And pretty much now, the Mariners have one of the easiest remaining schedules in baseball now. They have the easiest schedule to finish out the year. They could easily run through the rest of this of this division if they want. They're not going to make a move at Houston. It's not going to happen, but no. but the Mariners are probably going to finally break that 20-year playoff drought. I think it's almost more than inevitable they're going to be in the playoffs this but year. But when they get in the playoffs, that's when they're the most dangerous because yeah. pitcher like Castillo changes things. And look at what they've done with some of the talent that they have. It's been, you know, this wasn't like a a, a star team put together. It's like, it was some hodgepodge pieces that were kind of thrown in there and took a couple of cast-offs from some teams that didn't pan out in another city. Heck, two of them were ex-Mets. Actually, three of them were ex-Mets. Sam Haggerty, Chris mm-hmm. Flexen. Yep. Paul Seawald. Yep. Pieces that were all kind of favored in that in that trade for Edwin Diaz, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, it's pretty incredible how it worked out for, for much. Well, for no, Seawald was here. Oh, Seawald, yeah. Well, Seawald was, again, it was, but he was a cast off by the Mets. The Mariners took him, and he's been a different pitcher. He's been a, a key bullpen piece, closes at times. The Mariners have a very dangerous club when everything clicks for them. They don't hit a ton. They're not a strong hitting team. They're not in the top in hitting offense, but the Mariners score enough runs. They have enough pitching, and if they get a lead late, and this is a very important note, by the way, Mariners are undefeated when they're leading after eight innings, which is quite scary. Wow. So if you are down, if you are trailing the Mariners late in games, your chances of winning are slim. So the key now for the Mariners, with Castillo anchoring the rotation, and the situational pieces in the lineup that can hit for them. And now with Rodriguez back. If this Mariners team does get in, which it looks likely they will, could they be a dark horse? Could they go, could they shock the world a little bit compared to 2001? You saw the way they played against the Yankees. It's a they good did. indicator. They rally back. They, this, is a, this is a scrappy team. They rally back. They're not a team that's just going to let other people walk on them. So this is going to be a, I you know don't even shock me if if maybe if uh 
let's say they do face off against Houston in the playoffs. You don't think the Mariners are going to want to get back at Houston and they're tired of Houston running that West and maybe the Mariners have something they want to say to Houston. You know, look, it's possible. It's I've possible. You've seen, seen it. Next. All right. Number eight on the top 10 are the San Diego Padres. Second in the National League West, second wild card spot. Yeah, the Padres got Juan Soto and Bell. They got Josh Hader. And it you just... thought that was going to catapult the Padres in the West. Doesn't look like it's done anything. It just looks like a. It just replaced Tatis. Yeah. And now you kind of wish Tatis Jr. was back in this lineup, and then the Padres would have been completely unstoppable. Nah, but now he had to. Well, now we don't know what you get in Fernando Tatis Jr. because. PDs this early on in his career. Not good. Not now a good you sign. You have to wonder everything that he has done in his short career. Did he really do it without cheating? Did well, he do it without? Did he? Did he, did he do it without know. the drugs? I mean, now is we he? Don't know. Are his numbers legit now? That's what you got to think about now. Now, what happens? You see what happens when he comes back, and if he slumps a bit, what happens? Oh yeah, and by the way, already Tatis jerseys, Tatis jerseys are already selling for twenty five percent off now. They've already cut the prices on Tatis jerseys now that he's out and yeah. he's going to be suspended eighty games. Well, it's a good thing they got Bell with Soto because uh... now definitely it's big that they got him now. But the question now is when will Juan Soto's bat kind of uh, heat up a bit here? Because uh, I'm still waiting for Soto to kind of break out and and take over a, a take over a few couple weeks with his. Remember, bat. remember, Soto has been having not his best year this year. Yeah, but you figure being traded to another team, he has more protection in the lineup now in San Diego. Well, he was supposed to have more. He, no, correction, he was supposed to have more protection around him. You brought. You brought Bell with you. You got Machado right in front of you. You have Cronenworth in front of you. You have bats in that lineup that are going to protect you in the lineup. Something is wrong with management. Something is wrong. There is something toxic going on in this Padres organization that we don't know about yet. Maybe uh, some guys from San Diego could tell you about all that. We can't. I don't know. We'll find out. And Probably at the end of the year, if they don't make the postseason again, we're going to hear a whole bunch of reasons to blame. Yeah. Well, let's see where the Padres take this. They have some work to do. Number seven on our top ten, the St. Louis Cardinals, first in the National League Central. And Paul Goldschmidt continues to lead the way, getting clutch hits, clutch home runs. And, you know, <laughs> it's kind of funny. And Isn't I, it great that Milwaukee, that Milwaukee just keeps shooting themselves in the foot? Well, you get rid of... You get rid of Mr. Hater and look what happens. He was the reason you won like 20-something percent of your games and you gave up on him. You gave up on him after a bad few weeks. Yeah. He gave you a zero ERA for most of the season and you gave up on him. He's been one of the best closes in baseball for years and you gave up on him. Like, this is why Milwaukee is in the position they're in. Yep. They and get you know rid what? of players when they could get their highest value, but they didn't even get rid of get rid of him when you can get your highest value from him. Yep. You got rid of him on a downturn when he went from a zero to a four ERA. If you were gonna trade him, you should have traded him while he had a zero ERA. Yep. Could have gotten the world for him. Now Milwaukee's return was not that great. Yeah. And so far for St. Louis, two scoreless outings so far for Jordan Montgomery since oh. he's been over here with the Cardinals. Oh, but he's not, he's a consistent. Yeah, he's Car- pitching and, uh, in a better league now with more already, offense. And Montgomery's already had this to say as far as joining the Cardinals. This clubhouse is great. 
They've made it easy for me to fit in. They've gone out of their way to help me feel welcome. Yeah. In the words of Jordan Montgomery. Yeah, the the, the notebook. Aaron Aaron Boone's notebook didn't didn't say uh you know say hello to Jordan today you know that wasn't in the notebook yeah make sure players get along that's that that's not in the notebook either no it's not and right now you look at the Cardinals right now and they won last night in walk off fashion thanks to a hit by pitch. The Cardinals, this is what they always do. They get dangerous around this time of the year. They find ways to slither their way into the playoffs. They slither their way to whether that it be League whether Central. it be through their own their own efforts or the uh, efforts of somebody else screwing themselves. They'll get in the postseason somehow. Yeah. And you can also see that this is also going to be pretty much the last hurrah that you're going to see of Albert Pujols, Adam Wainwright, and Yadi Molina on the same team together. So you don't think the Cardinals want to, uh, I think all three to end of this with a World Series? I think all three of them are probably retiring Well, this Pujols year. Well, definitely out the door. Wainwright, we don't know yet, but I would say wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if he retires after this year. Yachty Molina might not be very far behind. Do you, do, do you think that maybe the three of them would want to just walk off together and retire I would together? think so. I would think so. Start the say, run together, end the run together. Why do you they think separated they for a long time, run. but yeah. Yeah. Why do you think they want to go on this run together one more time? Look, the Cardinals have every chance of doing it. They just have to hold up pitching-wise. I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah. The Cardinal pitching staff is usually what puts them in the postseason, not yeah. the offense, but yeah. this year it's Paul Goldschmidt. And like the Braves, though, they find they have a farm system where they can pump out arms. They find not as good. pieces down there. They, they're not as good as the Rays. They're not as good as Atlanta. I'd say they're right up there. They're Hell, right they're not up as there good as Houston. Houston's about, Houston has been doing a better job of that than St. Louis recently. Regardless of which, the Cardinals find ways. Cardinals find ways to win games. They find ways to get a pitcher or two up if they need them. They get an, a bat up there if they need and one. And they're magicians at the trade deadline. They are. They are. They're, not only That's did you get where Montgomery, the Cardinals make... That's where the Cardinals make all of their intelligent moves. It's yeah. not in the offseason. Maybe it's not even necessarily with the farm. It's, it's the trade, the trade deadline. deadline. And you not only got Montgomery, you got Quintana as well. Two left-handers mm. in, your, in your starting rotation to help balance out Wainwright, balance advantage. out Michaelis. That's balance an advantage. Out the right arms. Two left-handers in a starting rotation is an advantage in the postseason. Yeah. Well, maybe the Yankees could have uh Yeah, Quintana that, was another uh, arm the Yankees could have gone after as well, but no, but they. I, I I don't understand. I don't understand a team that is thin on starting pitching already giving more away. Severino was hurt before this. Mm-hmm. Amazes me. It really amazes me. Well, but we believe in Domingo Herman. Yeah, incredible. Gotta believe. Maybe that's the new slogan for the Yankees. No, because the only thing you could do is believe. You're never gonna see it manifest. Well, the Cardinals right now are on a good run. Let's see if they can keep it up, and Goldschmidt's going to be a key piece of that. Number six on the top ten are the Philadelphia Phillies, third in the National League East. They're in the third and last wild card spot. Zach Wheeler holding up his end, 11-6 and six on the year with a 2.92 ERA. Phillies ranked fourth in the in home runs in the National League with 153. And the scary part is they don't even have Bryce Harper back yet. Wait till Bryce Harper comes back. To anyone that said, and including myself, that the National League East was one of the weaker divisions before this year, I am so so. Did, did this? I can't believe Joe Girardi was the one holding the Phillies back. Firing him was the best thing that could have happened to the Phillies. Yeah, 
It really was. Not even kidding. I get, but you know what? You know what's really funny? You put any one of these teams, the Phillies, the Braves, in any other division in the American League other than the AL East, mm-hmm. they'd be in first. Yeah. Probably. Yep. In fact, and I don't think Houston and Atlanta are too far off from each other, no? No, they're not. I mean, Atlanta, they've been playing neck and neck pretty much. They're still way behind, but they're playing neck and, and neck Philly's with Philly's been one of the best teams in baseball since Girardi got fired. Yeah. In fact, their record is probably the best in baseball. They're right up there. They're right up there. Since and Girardi got fired. And here's now what's going to happen. The Mets, they play the Mets next, this coming weekend. This is a very important four-game series for them. Well, the Phillies, here's the thing. I think the Mets have the Phillies number. Phillies have always played the Mets tough. This is how... You can have your Mets. This year, Phillies is always kind of different. Okay, this it year has been different. Yeah, but these are the final games here that mean something. Now you don't think the Phillies? The Philly, no, I don't think they're ready. I honestly I don't think, don't they're, think ready. they're ready. I think they'll make the. I'll, they'll be a wild card team, but they're not ready to play with the Braves or the Mets yet. Well, we're gonna find out. The Phillies still have a lot of work to do, so we'll see if they can get back there. Let's go to the team at number five on the top ten. It's the Atlanta Braves. 72 and 46, second in the National League East, first wild card spot, four and a half games behind the Mets. Austin Riley, second in the National League in slugging with a 570 slugging percentage, a 924 OPS, 10 and four with a 2.6 OERA is Max Freed. He could be back for the final game of this series. He's been on the seven day IL with concussion related symptoms. The Braves, right now, who have been trailing the Mets all year, got within a half a game of them at one point and are still just hanging around. You wonder, are they going to... They're hanging around because they're beating the teams that they're supposed to beat. Even though the Mets have beaten them. Yes. um, They're beating other teams that they're supposed to beat. And now this series, they they got two of those games back. Yeah. It's an 8-6 advantage for the Mets right now in this out of the 19 games they will see each other this year. And now these final five games will tell me a lot of things. Tells me a lot of things about who wants to win this East. Because now this is really going to come down out of who wins the East out of this head-to-head matchup. So this is key for the Braves if they're going to win this series tonight and maybe sweep it. They either sweep this series and they're within striking distance of the Mets or the Mets can make a statement in these final two games and further distance themselves from Atlanta with the remaining amount of games left. But Atlanta is dangerous. Atlanta's got more pieces coming back. Albies is on his way back. Soroka's on his way back. And with Acuna back already here in the lineup and then some of the other young talent that we've seen the the Braves bring up over the past few weeks, this team is going to be a threat for the next five, six years in the East. And I won't even be shocked if over those next few years, is the East going to run through the Mets or is it going to run through the Braves? I think it's both. Um, it's going to run through both. Yeah, not one or the other. I think I think you're going to be seeing divisions being traded back and forth. Well, that's good. It's going to make for a very wild couple of years. It's going to make for a very competitive series in baseball. It's going to make for me. This. It's going to make for cardiac arrest in me. Like, <laughs> well, for the Met fan, well, for the Met people, easy yes. for me for once. Well, well, this is how the way baseball is, John. Nothing is ever handed to you in Major League Baseball. You have to earn it. It used to be handed to you if you were a Yankee fan. Well, now as we're learning, 
every other team in the league now is catching up to the Yanks. Every other team is now adjusted. Every other team is trying to be the model the Yankees have always been. So now the rest of the league's doing it. So now there's not going to be any more runaways with the East. There's not going to be any more runaways with your division. Nothing's guaranteed anymore. Nope. Period. And speaking of the Yankees, number four on our top ten is the Yanks. Wow. I'm how amazed far they're even they've number fallen. Two. One point they were one, then they've they've plummeted for the last couple months now, and it's not getting any better. Even though, yeah, Judge leads the league, forty six home runs, hundred RBIs, great. Yeah, he's been scoring ninety six runs, great. What he he's been in the he's been on number what he he was like in between forty four and forty six for like a month. Yeah, well, now over the past few games, now the teams he's been getting shut down. He's not hitting, just as the whole Yankee team's not been hitting. Garrett Cole may be leading the American League in strikeouts with 184, but your team is not winning games right now. Your team is not hitting. Your team is not putting away the weak teams you should be putting away. Time and time again, I've been watching this Yankees team over the past two, three weeks now. Just looking like a team that, quite frankly, has has just given up. Yeah. It looks they, like a they team look quit. They look listless. They look like they don't care. And then I listen to Aaron Boone's press conferences oh, every day. Man. And all I'm hearing is, oh, uh, we got to hit better. I think we're starting to to, to swing the bats better. Yeah, no, you know, I thought not. his bat was good today. Yeah, I thought the, I thought this was getting better today. This sounds a lot <laughs> like. Remember, everybody this year said, "Oh, look at Aaron Boone. He's gotten so much better. He's great now. This and this and that." Yeah, bowl. This year, I think has been more glaring than ever. Do you think the Yankees have tuned him out? Do you think they've tuned out Aaron Boone this year? If you look at the Yankees, do you think like any of Aaron Boone's messages have sunk in? Do you think the Yankees have just Basically, you think Aaron Boone themselves. has. You see, you think Aaron Boone has messages. See, that's the funny part about all this. You think Aaron Boone has messages. He has no messages. No. The only messages, the only thing he is, is a middleman. Yeah. Puppet. I wish Brian Cashman would have just gotten off his butt and coached the team himself. Well, because that's honestly, what a lot of it fans seems like what he wanted to do. Because it seems like a lot of the fans kind of question is Aaron Boone really coaching this team, or is it Brian Cashman that's pulling the strings for him? Well, because the last two times he had actual coaches, he fired them unceremoniously, I might add. Ryan, anyway. Yeah. First Joe Torre, then Joe Girardi. And then he finally got a puppet. Yeah. And what's to say the next manager that comes in with cash with the helm won't be a puppet either? Well, this is the last year of his current contract, so. And I better not see Cashman here next year. Period. You said that after 2016, and where was he? Yeah, still here. And knowing Hal and the Steinbrenners. He's still going to be here. Sad. It's just sad. You're never getting rid of him. He's like herpes. You're never getting rid of him. Yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. Number three on our top ten. The Houston Astros. 75 and 43 first in the American League West. Two and a half ahead of the Yankees right now for the best record in Baseball for American League anyway. Justin Verlander leading the American League in wins with 15, ERA of 1.95. Jordan Alvarez ranking second in the American League in on-base percentage at at .401, 6.16 slug, and 1.016 OPS. It's pretty crazy, and you know what? It doesn't shock me with what the Astros continue to do every year. Again, they play in a pretty, pretty pathetic American League West. It's just not good. The Texas Rangers fired their general man. They fired their op- their president of operations. They fired their manager. The Angels 
have completely Chris Woodward, the former Met. Yeah. Yep. Chris Woodward's fired. Uh, Daniels, as I said, got let go. By the way, Daniels is a Queens native. I will not be surprised if maybe he replaces Sandy Alderson, if the Mets really think about it. Maybe you move Billy Epler up in the role, and you put, and now you put Daniels in there. At least you know. get Alderson out. At least that would probably be a way to get Alderson out the door. Well, I'm not necessarily, at this point, Epler's making the calls. Okay. I'm saying now, you put Daniels in. If you put Daniels in there to replace uh, to replace Alderson, we, I'm not yeah, messing with the. I'm not messing with that okay, right fine. now. All right, let's they, continue. They, with they did a good job. <laughs> let's keep it that way. Right. Unlike your team, yeah, of course. All right, let's continue with the Strohs right now. And you know, it's more scary now if you're Houston. They got another big piece of their rotation back. Lance McCullers Jr. is back in the rotation now, and now Houston's going with a six-man rotation up to this point for the end of the year. Are the Yankees the evil empire anymore? Or no, has, it's Houston. Uh, Houston. It's Houston taking that role. It's Houston, period. Houston State has been able to be the consistent team they've been for the last five, six years. Right now, no team in the league has been able to touch them. No other team in the league has been able to unseat them for the American League for the American League pennant. It's you have to go through Houston or bust. That's pretty much what it's been the last five years now. Unless, you know, maybe the Red Sox here and there stop them. But the the Astros are going to be that team for how much longer, I don't know. But they have this ability now where even if they unload a few of their, it's their veteran farm. pieces, they're just going to retool with their, their farm. farm is, I think, the second best farm in baseball yeah. to Tampa. And they got another arm just waiting to come up and be the next future ace of yeah. their rotation coming in Hunter Brown, if you've yep. not heard of him. Yep. When take Verlander leaves, Hunter Brown will take over, and he'll be the top ace of this staff. Take a look at what's going to happen. They're going to be here for a long, long time, and Verlander loves the Astros organization. Maybe he ends up being the pitching coach. Can you imagine Keep how serious Justin that Verlander would be? around? Well, how many pitchers has Verlander groomed into being top-level pitchers? Just thanks, ask Max Scherzer. Thank, yeah, thanks. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Justin, I appreciate it. Yeah. When he's there, kicking your butt in the World Series, I I'll be very happy that you trained him. Thanks. Well, if we do get a Mets Astros World Series, and I'm not saying that's impossible, I think we could get that. Can you imagine Scherzer versus Verlander to decide a World Series? Can you imagine if we get that matchup to determine? Could you a World imagine Series? the Mets being the the New York team that gets revenge on Houston and That'd not be the Yankees? That would be kind of the saddest thing to happen, but yes. In fact, number two on our top 10 is the Mets, 75 and 42, first in the East. Pete Alonso leading the National League with 97 ribbies. Edwin Diaz, two and one with a 1.33 ERA, 27 saves, 94 strikeouts in Alonso's the MVP. He's the MVP. For the National League, yes. I think without a doubt, yes. My curious question is will the Mets be in first place? By the end of the season, no. Be ahead in the national. You don't. No. You still do not believe the Mets will win the East. Soroka's coming to. back. Okay, Soroka's not going to be back still for at least a little while. He's on his way. He's, he's be back started a rehab series. Simon. Yeah, you won't see him until September. That might. Who knows where the but where he'll the Braves be back Mets, for that last series? Who knows where the Braves? Who knows if the Braves will even be in striking distance by then? They might they be further be. behind. They could fall further behind. Doubt it. You doubt I it. Doubt it. I doubt it. Atlanta separated themselves from a 500 malaise to make themselves one of the best teams in baseball. 
this looks like the World Series champion Braves. And they're only getting stronger as they go in the season, not weaker. Injuries have not bit them like if like they've bitten other teams. In fact, they're getting players back where other teams are losing them. Braves are getting hot at the right time. That that series against the Mets was a blip. It wasn't the entire thing. Yeah. And we're seeing it now. Even Spencer Strider backed up his words from talking about how the Mets were getting lucky during their little streak. And, of course, playing them after he got blown out at City Field in his last start, and then he got revenge and beat the Mets the other night. So this is big right now. Atlanta, if Atlanta's going to make its move for the that Mets East, this punched, is a to do it. Well, the Mets punched, and Atlanta punched back. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens. They need this to win gonna... these. They need to win one of these next two games, Atlanta. The Mets actually. They it's must win for the Mets. Yeah, it's I must say win for if the, Mets. the Mets lose to if the Mets lose those two games with their two aces, either one of them, yep. we've got a problem. Mets are lucky they won Degrom's last start, winning one nothing. They were very lucky they escaped that start with Degrom. But who this is what they no do to support. Jacob Degrom. This yeah, is what they do to him. Runs. He never gets runs. That's the biggest problem. And you don't know if Max Fried is going to be pitching that series or not, but if Fried is in there, then you well, got to start getting a little worried. If, there, if Fried is look. We might be able to find that out right now. Well, right now it still doesn't have a confirmed guess that it's going to be Fried. It's still to be decided, but you got Odorizzi going tonight for the Braves against Scherzer. I would think Fried will pitch that last game. I can already say for the Phillies series, uh, game one will be Bassett against Aaron Nola. I don't think uh, Syndergaard's pitching this series. I don't know if you're going to see Thor for this one. I, so far, two series that he's faced the Mets, Thor doesn't want to be a part of the matchup. You think he's scared of the Mets? He's trying to avoid them? Who knows? Yeah. Hold on. I think he's scared. Well, I think I so. Believe, uh, I believe Syndergaard is scared. Yeah. He can't face it's the music. It's Rizzi and, yeah, to be determined. But from what I'm reading here, it is going to be Freed. That's big if he comes Freed versus DeGrom. That's big. So we'll Freed see. Freed versus DeGrom. That's that's a matchup. Well, I think DeGrom won the last meeting when it was in City Field. DeGrom won that last meeting against Freed. That was big. Yes, it was. Now we'll see if DeGrom can do that again. That we'll find out. Let's go to the team at number one. I think we all know who the number one team on the top ten is. It's the Los Angeles Dodgers. That 80 and 35, first in the West, best record in Major League Baseball. Freddie Freeman continues to lead the way. 320 average, second in the National League, third in on-base percentage at nine at 398. Thank OPS God Atlanta did not keep him. Well, because Matt Olson's been pretty damn good. Yeah, but he hasn't been better than... Uh, he's been good enough. He doesn't have to be Freddie Freeman-like, but he's been good enough of a replacement. If Freddie Freeman was on the team instead of Olsen, we'd be talking Atlanta up three, two or three games, not the Mets. Mm. That's what we'd be talking because that's the difference between Freddie Freeman and Olsen. Olsen, yeah. great. Freeman, all-time great. Yeah. Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever play the position. Yep. Straight up. Tony Gonsolin right now for the Dodgers, 14-1 and with a 2.24 ERA, second in the National League, and leads the National League with a 0.89 whip, which is almost unheard of to have a whip below one. That's insane. Jacob deGrom did it both of his Cy Young seasons. <sighs> So Gonsolin is putting up almost DeGrom-like numbers a little bit for this year. Yes, he now, is. Now, the one little blip for the Dodgers, you lost Walker Bueller for the rest of the year. He's out for the year with elbow surgery. He will not be back this year. But you have Kershaw. 
when he comes back, yes, you will have Kershaw. Right now, he's hurt. That's but all Julio, that matters, though. Maria, Julio Rios has done a fine job carrying the rotation along with Gonsolin. And again, just the Dodgers with their ability to find pieces in the farm. They just find ways. They have talent that's ready, and they just plug him in there, get a couple. Get and a look, out of the- they get Joey Gallo for practically nothing. And you know what's insane? In some degree, he's actually hitting since he went over to the Dodgers. He's hit three home runs or two or three home runs since he went over there. Hitting yeah. much better. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, people are cheering for me again. This is wonderful. Yeah. Big difference when you leave New York to go to Los Angeles, doesn't it? Yes. A, a stadium where even if you have the best team in baseball, the whole stadium ain't full into the fourth inning. Mm. Dodgers had a 10-game winning streak when Gallo came over there. And they played good. They played strong baseball. And the yeah. Dodgers are going to be that team. The West, everyone in the West, and everybody in the National League is going to have they to finally starting. They finally started to play like the dominant Dodger team we expected them to be. Will we see this Dodgers team come playoff time? That's what I want to know. Kershaw has we've seen to be this there. happen. We've seen the Dodgers do this. They play like this in the regular season, and they get to the playoffs, and sometimes they're gone after round one. They need Clayton Kershaw to be there. He has to be there, and he has to be And started. you don't have Kenley Jansen to close your games. You have Craig Kimbrell as your closer. Do you trust Craig Kimbrell? He's not he's been done that it. great. He's done it. He's, he's done, done it, yes. for the postseason, yeah. and he's done it in the postseason. Yeah, but numbers are not really uh, jumping out at me this year. I, I'm, I'm a little no, nervous about it. He, You know he's done it in October before. That's yes. the one thing. October is different. And nobody realizes that. And everybody watches these regular seasons and uh, everybody's so concerned about them. Like if you're in a situation like the Braves or the Mets, yeah, be concerned about the regular year. Mm-hmm. Yankees, well, if they keep playing like this, they might have to be concerned about the yeah. division. But yeah. in general, it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. Mm. And hopefully for the Yankees, all we're talking about is a really bad stretch and not what is par for the course. Yeah. Because here's the thing. You know how they always say, oh, a team is never as good as when they're good, but they're never as bad as when they're bad. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the middle of the road Yankees yet this year. Have you? No, they've either been really, really good or real, real bad. Right now, they're real, real bad. And that's the problem with this team since 2017. I've not seen a middle-of-the-road Yankee team since then. They either play really, really well and beat you like 6-1, to 6 to nothing, or they play like crap and lose one nothing, lose 2 nothing when their yeah. pitchers are doing a, their job. You can't be a Jekyll and Hyde offense in baseball, particularly not come playoff time. If you're if you're going to be that, forget it. Your chances of winning are out. The Yankees need Giancarlo Stanton back post-haste. The second Stanton went down is the second your team started having offensive woes yep. because now Aaron Judge has no protection. DJ LeMayu out with that toe. No protection. Yep. Rizzo now is coming back from the back injury. And no protection. Be. Yeah. And now, and now, you have Andujar back up, and you brought up the kids. Are is they going to do anything? Protection for question. Aaron Judge? I want to know if the kids are going to even do anything. We need their, We need to see. The kids are going to provide a spark, I hope. Well, bring them up to bring well, them up spark and get these veterans to play better. 
Well, here is, well, now we're going to see if Brian Cashman was right at the trade deadline to not yes, give up who he gave up. Because if these kids don't come up and contribute immediately, then there was no reason for you to keep them. Because if this is the swan song of Brian Cashman's career, then it's not really looking like he wants to finish on a strong note. Nope. These kids had better be worth all of the trust he's put into them. I have a bad feeling he wants be. this team. I have a bad feeling, and I hope I'm wrong, but I have a bad feeling Cashman wants this whole Yankee team to go down in flames. I don't think so. I have a very bad feeling about it. Why? He, his legacy would be destroyed. That's a silly oh, I think thing He hasn't. Because he hasn't been wanting to pull the trigger when you had chances to get your team to that next level. You had Verlander, you let him go. You had Castillo, you let him go. You had Quintana, you let him go. You get rid of Montgomery. You get rid of all the pieces that were on that team that made you successful. You kept sitting pat. You keep, you keep, you keep your minor league arms in your farm. You don't bring them up. You don't use them, but you don't want to trade them at the same time. And you're going to let them rot away in the minors until they get to what, 25, 27 years old. And by the time they come up to the majors, what are you going to do with them? Yeah. They got like four years of usefulness and then they're gone. Exactly. Look at Severino. It's crazy. Look at Severino and they. And this is, and I, I was even going to say, well, they've been, re they were relying on Severino. No, he's on the sixty-day injured list, and you still, tr not only did you get a, you only got Montas, but you traded away a starter. Who, in their right mind, in a playoff run, trades away a starter for a guy in a walking boot? Let me just, I, I'm just yeah. going to reiterate this again. Brian Cashman, in the middle of a playoff run, mm -hmm. when his number two starter just ends up on the 60-day IL, trades for a middle-of-the-road guy who's a number three or four starter on a good team, mm -hmm. and he trades away his fifth starter mm -hmm. for a guy in a walking boot. Well, who they say is going to come back in oh, three yeah, weeks. Save us. Yeah, three on, yeah. weeks. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Weeks. His foot is magically going to heal from being in a walking boot to playing Major League Baseball in three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you were also and you were also banking on the fact that you thought you were going to get Pablo Lopez toward the end of the deadline, and uh, it did not materialize. No. Yep. But you That's didn't what trade when for you Uriel because you like Matt Carpenter. Oh, look at how great I Matt would have Carpenter said if you does. got Lopez first, then dealt Montgomery, that would have made sense. But the fact that you let Montgomery go and then you flamed out on Lopez, now you look even stupider than you did before you made the trade. Yep. Well, all and I this, ladies and gentlemen, is the legacy of Brian Cashman. Start off real strong with the pieces that were given to you. And in the middle of the run, make the wrong moves to screw it up and lead the Yankees to disaster. 
this season so far is looking like the microcosm of Brian Cashman's entire career. Inherent stuff, do well with the stuff you inherited, and play around with it a little bit, screw it up, and have it be a disaster. That's Brian Cashman's whole career in a nutshell. And that's going to be what could get him out the door if it gets him out the door. Yeah, it should have gotten him out the door in 2012. It didn't. It should have gotten him out the door in 2016. If George was around, it would have. Well, with that, on that note, that's going to conclude our top 10. I want to thank Tony Mabel for providing us with the top 10, as he does all the time. And that is also going to conclude this edition of Downtown Sports. I want to thank Tony Mainville, our researcher. I want to thank Chris DeLarge, our new producer, for the work that he does all the time. You can listen to Downtown Sports on 19 different platforms on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Bullhorn, Podbay, Listeners, Podcast, Addict, Verbal, Castro.fm, Stitcher, Audible, Amazon Music, and Podvine. Episodes, rants, digital market battle specials every week. We are Downtown Sports, and we are where sports come home. Finally, you got it right! Yay! Thank you! Thank you. Thank you Good very much. Job. Thank you very much. I'm proud of you. For the Beast of the East, Jonathan Perriente. It's the mouth of the South, John Schiavone. We're out. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. P.S. Take a look out this week for an interview that we're going to be putting out. We're going to have Patrick Hickey Jr. back to talk about his new venture called Legacy Comics and a specific comic strip that he's writing. And to talk about his voiceovering for the video game WrestleQuest. You'll want to take a listen to that. That's going to feature me, Pat Hickey, and the artist that drew the comic book that he's going to be talking about. You want to tune in and check into that. Should be great. I'll see you then. Laters. Goodbye.